Welcome to Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your host, Ian, Kyle, and Philip. All right. Welcome to the newest ScanSource podcast, Break It Down. If my voice sounds familiar, it's because I am the co-host of the Don't Change the Channel podcast as well. I'm joined here on this new podcast, Break It Down, by my typical co-host, Philip, and we are also joined by the Vice President of Technical Services here at ScanSource, Kyle DeWitt. The idea of these shows is that we are going to talk about, I would say, increasingly complex subject matter, and you are going to explain them to Philip and I like we are eight years old. And the topic we selected for the first episode is actually something Phil and I know a little bit about. So we're going to talk today about cybersecurity. You definitely selected this one on purpose. I wanted to start at a high and kind of at least build up a little bit of confidence in ourselves (laughs) before we get to like blockchain and I'm just sitting here mute. That's right. This one can get complex and can get complex quickly, but I'll see what I can do. All right. So Phil, you had a question, I think, to, to kind of kick this off that I think is a good point of delineation. Yep. So... Having conversations with partners, with engineers, salespeople, I always hear people refer to security in a lot of different ways. And depending on, you know, there's obviously physical security, but then there's the other side of the house, which is what we're talking about today. And at a really basic level, what is cybersecurity versus networking security? Yeah, so that's a it's a good question, especially considering the scan source route to markets and the, the products that uh, we represent to our partners. Physical security, network security, those things can become very tangible and very quickly. The best way I would say to delineate between the two is network security is really the first line of defense in thwarting cybersecurity attacks. Cybersecurity breaches and attacks are more prevalent now than ever. Any teenager with an internet access is a cybersecurity threat. And so uh, network security, thinking I'm thinking physical layer here, routers, switches, firewalls, those types of things, are the first deterrent for someone getting into your network and compromising your data. There, as we'll talk today, there's a lot more to it, but if uh, you don't protect your network with firewalls, uh, if you don't protect the assets behind the firewall with patches and things like that, then you're just setting yourself up for easy cyber attacks. Gotcha. Okay. That helps. At least now I won't speak of one meaning the other. (laughs) Yeah. The network security is the first chapter in the book, right? As we all know, working for a large public company, we as employees go through cybersecurity training, you know, when to click on things, what not to click on, what to do when you when you see things that don't feel right, et cetera. All of those are other elements of, of thwarting cybersecurity. So network security is almost like an inherent thing in a lot of today's access points, routers and switches. So when we talk about like an access point, network security is kind of what's embedded in that today. Yeah, let me put it this way, and I'm not sure if this is uh, too heavy for the first uh, four minutes of a a recording, (laughs) but there's uh, this organization, the World Economic Forum, they just designated cybercrime as the number one most profitable crime 
in the world, bypassing all of illegal drug activity combined. So cybercrime and the attacks uh, that result in breaches, identity theft, data theft, those types of things, they are more prevalent than ever. Some of the estimations are that the damages just in 2020 alone will surpass $3 trillion in damages. So when we look at the network security layer, what we're really looking at is how to, like I said, thwart that first attempt to get into your network. Now, current events have made that way easier for attackers. So we're recording this in June 2020. We're in one of probably what I would consider to be one of the valleys of the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. Although if you read the news, we're, we're due for another spike any day now. But the fact that the efforts to keep employees safe have resulted in this large uh, mass exodus of, of office workers to become remote workers has started to expose corporate data in a way that's been unprecedented. That's kind of what I wanted to unpack. And is that just because people can work off the VPN or is it because I would say 99% of people don't have cybersecurity endpoints or devices built into their home network? Yep. So the the uh, biggest threat to a company's data, the biggest support for a cyber crime is between the chair and the keyboard. It's the human beings that interact with these systems. So no matter what your IT organization puts into place, especially in a home office environment, you can't completely protect your information, your data, one from the acts of an underinformed or intentionally bad actor or human being. But the easiest way into the home office network is through the printer. Printers are highly unsecured. And once you access one device on a network, you can access any device on a network. That's a broad stroke, but just consider Instapots or IoT devices, refrigerators or IoT devices. My kid's PlayStation is an IoT device. We talked recently with PFT Commenter on that episode. We actually talked to him about smart TVs are one of, if not the most hacked home device right now. That's right. Yeah, because people are so excited about getting those things connected and logging into their Netflix account that they don't consider to change the admin admin password off the TV. And anybody that's driving down your street that accesses your unsecured wireless network can access your TV. And then once they're in there, your VPN is moot. You can access any device that's sitting on that network. It's crazy how easy it is to get in. There are some really highbrow technologies out there like software-defined radios where, you, you know, Airwaves are airwaves. Those aren't protected. So if there's data traveling across airwaves and I have a radio sitting here to you know, collect that data... Now, if I act upon it, that's illegal. Collecting the data is not. It's in the air. So there are Bluetooth keystroke captures, you know, that you can connect just anywhere within range of a network and capture keystrokes. So it's, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff out there that goes beyond the access point, that goes beyond the firewall, goes beyond that that protection that uh, we started talking about initially with just the physical network layer of any of our home offices. So... Let's tie a bow on this part of this conversation. What can companies and our partners and even end users sitting at home like you, Philip, and I do today or 
in, install or implement today to help prevent that? Yeah. So anybody you talk to about cybersecurity is going to repeat some version of the phrase that I just said, which is your your number one uh, vulnerability is between the keyboard and the chair. It's it's the people. So the easy answer to what you just asked is train your employees, teach them best practices. Phishing and ransomware are, are really prevalent right now. Phishing for sure. This is a March number. Again, we're recording in June, but as of March, there are over 116,000 domain names registered that are coronavirus or COVID-19 related. And 2,000 of them have already been identified as malicious. And there's something like 40,000 of them that are designated as high risk. So bad actors are out there grabbing domain names that are close to things that you think you should be visiting. And so this is going on the internet. She's going to be mortified that I'm sharing this, but my wife was searching for uh, how to get her stimulus check or get our stimulus check. And she ended up going to one of these malicious sites and providing personal information. And then after she clicked go, she went, oh no, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> like it was way too late for the, this doesn't feel right. And we had you know do the whole thing, cancel credit cards and blah, blah, blah. So the, the user is the biggest threat. It's not the physical layer. It's not really the access to it. The thing that I would say and, and caution um, our customers, our partners on is a breach is inevitable. You should not be focused on avoiding the breach because they're going to get in. It's going to take, I've heard, years and millions of dollars to build a wall around your data. It takes hours and hundreds of dollars for the bad actors to build a ladder to, to come over that wall. So it's all about training your users, putting in that first line of defense, for sure, the, the things we talked about earlier, but then you've got to be able to mitigate once the breach has happened. Assume the breach is going to happen, put in relationships with a SOC, with a uh, security operations center that can help you monitor for breaches, limit dwell time. There's a bunch of things we can get into a, a lot of detail there on. But a caution I would give our partners is, last estimates are that there are something like three and a half million open cybersecurity jobs in the world, three and a half million. There's no reason for you to go build your own security practice. There are lots of companies that already have this in place. I promise you the bad guys are collaborating. No reason for the good guys to not collaborate on keeping data safe. So all those basic things. And then the last thing I would say for the users is just hover over the link, hover over the email address. I'm on a board for a local Little League and the bad actors know that every fall Little League boards are elected and a bunch of brand new parents join this leadership team. And every single year, like clockwork, my board gets an email that is quotey fingers in the air from Kyle DeWitt that is asking them to go buy Visa gift cards. That's phishing. And <laughs> if you hover, just hover over the Kyle DeWitt name, you'll see the email address is nowhere close to mine. I don't know, Kyle. It's, it sounds like you're running a pay-to-play scheme. No, no. <laughs> I, I run a nonprofit organization. I don't need your Visa gift cards. Yeah. <laughs> And there's just a lot of different things that make up, I guess, you know, we talk about networking, network security versus cybersecurity. And then within cybersecurity, you've got malware, ransomware. What else makes up that kind of holistic threat? Yeah. So malware and ransomware are typically things that get left behind after a breach has happened. 
you will hear terms, uh, you know, we all know antivirus, right? There's a bunch of consumer grade antivirus products that market uh, directly to us that anytime you put a new device on your network, you usually get some freemium version of uh, antivirus. All of those things depend on the uh, patterns of viruses being known. If you uh, read on this topic, you'll hear of things called zero day events. Those are viruses or malware that have been put onto devices or put onto a network that don't have a prescribed pattern that is recognized. And so the longer those things sit there, the more you're at risk. So you have to throw phishing out there. Um, Phishing is uh, one of the biggest problems right now that falls into the cybersecurity space. There's some really odd ones on the corners, like vehicle hacking is happening now. Not just, you know, when I heard the term, I thought, oh yeah, Tesla's, uh, somebody's hacking a Tesla. It's not just that, but there are in-dash computers in cars. And if you think about an executive that uses that in-dash computer for anything corporate related, emails or phone calls or whatever, it's really easy to get that data. I mean, that that's a mobile computer that's driving around and accessing any random network that it gets near. So, uh, so that, that's another one that's out there. The uh, mitigation for uh, cybersecurity, like I said, attacking or decreasing dwell times uh, once somebody gets on your network. Um, anyway, those are all, like I said, big buckets. We can dig into those later when we've got more time. But always, always, always start as we did with the physical access. Hackers are out there. They're constantly looking for open ports and networks. If they find that you at least have some basic firewall in place, they're going to move away and they're going to go on to the next target. Will they come back? Probably. They'll come back later. But the big comeback later thing is uh, ransomware. If you pay for your data, you're guaranteed that they're coming back because they know you'll pay. They're going to come back. They've left something behind. And uh, when they come back and access your system a second time, they're going to send you a much smaller bill because they know you're going to pay for it. It's the wild, wild west out there. Yeah, it's a profitable business for fear of the bad guys. And that's for a real shameless plug. And, and I think a big important piece of this is obviously we talked a little bit about before and during, but also after the, the attack and the remediation. And that's where I think some of our suppliers like a Cisco with their advanced malware protection can help because that kind of identifies almost in an autopsy of what happened where did we go wrong? And, and now how can we prevent that and remediate the system moving forward? And that's something I think, again, like you said, it's going to happen. And I, it's, a, it's a very harsh reality. And I don't mean to be putting the fear of God into anyone, but I think it's important to have a plan and important to understand what is necessary to uh, move forward and resume business as usual. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I, I do not want, just as you said, I do not want to diminish people from investing in the right prescriptive security measures to avoid an attack. As we keep talking, it's like, well, the the attack's inevitable. They're going to get through no matter what. But look, the the harder you make it for them to get in, the less willing they are to try to get in. You're going to knock out the script kiddies and the teenagers on the internet if you've got good protocols in place to deter it. The things that I would say to our partner that we also want to make sure that they're aware of is you know, a lot of our business is installing technology on a network that already exists. And if you remember back, it's been years, 2013, sometime around 2013, 2014, Target had a huge data breach. And that data breach started with Train HVAC. So they partnered with a local company that installed 
train HVAC into their stores and they gave the train knock the admin passwords to their network. That got hacked, it got distributed, malware got dropped into the point of sale terminals in Target just in time for Black Friday. And there was millions and millions worth of dollars stolen out of that data breach. And the train folks had no idea, right? That it took a while to find it. But just about every one of our partners is selling something, UC, physical security, point of sale, et cetera, into a non-greenfield environment where there are there's already an existing network and they are possibly introducing a hole into that network. So they, they need to be very cognizant about what they're doing. Like I said, establish a security practice, but don't think you have to build it on your own. There's lots of companies out there that you can partner with that are in our portfolio for sure that can help our partners with that. Definitely. Yeah. The, the best analogy I can make, the internet's a bad neighborhood. So we should all invest in a home security system or in cybersecurity system because ultimately the bottom line is hackers are lazy. And they're going to look for the easiest point of entry, the home without a camera, the home without the ADT sign in the front yard. So the more you can do to prevent the breach or at least signal to the hackers that we have something in place here, they'll move on. That's right. Yep. All right. Well, that's our first tech talk. We'll be doing two of these a month. Stay tuned. Like we said, they're going to get, uh, I, would, I would assume, progressively more complex as Kyle continues to explain things to us like rate. Looking forward to next time, boys. <laughs> All right, thanks. Today's interview is brought to you by Cisco Security. Security is a top concern for all customers in a growing global market rich in recurring revenue. Don't just sell the products. Win by selling security business valuable in a scalable architectural approach with best-of-breed products and threat intelligence with Cisco. Profit from an ongoing relationship with your customers today.